So, what does the uh, future hold for the program, Truth to Ponder? This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Now, I say that not in any kind of a negative way. I'm not feeling this desire to suddenly leave the program or stop doing it. But I know that all things of this nature will someday have an expiration date. Whether that date is this year, next year, or years from now, I really don't know. But I want to share with you some of the things that I do know, that I do feel very strongly about in regards to this radio program, what I'm trying to accomplish, what I feel the Lord is asking me to do, and where I really need some of your prayers and some of your input and thoughts. Now, this week, my wife and I, we are traveling back to Florida. There is a lot of things to be done ministry-wise when we arrive, including doing this radio program, and it's not going to be easy. And, and so I'm really, really thinking about asking a few friends to uh, fill in for a show here and there. These are great people, many that you might even know. I've got one person in mind I can't mention that I'm hoping to get him and what will be his new partner in a venture they're going to be launching primarily online and as a video format to maybe fill in on this program. I just feel the time is coming right now, really soon, that we need to get our collective acts together for the cause of Christ. I don't know about you. I have multiple email accounts because of the multiple things that I do. They're all the same name, my name. I have one for this radio program. I have one for some ministry that I do. And I even have a Gmail account that I use now for mostly junk mail. Because Google likes to read your mail. At my age... I know that I have certain limitations of the things that I can do. I have to remember that I'm not in my 20s, 30s, or 40s anymore. And getting up to do this program, doing the research, reading with weakening eyes, it can take its toll. My wife has noticed that sometimes when I do this program, I may seem to be in a very quiet and just thoroughly drained mood as the end of the day approaches. Many nights are sleepless because I know the kind of world we live, what we have to face, and and the things that many of you are having to deal with. It becomes tiresome when we deal with all this bad news, but we have to keep pressing on toward the mark. This is like St. Paul uses that analogy of, of somebody in that race. And and when you get closer to that finish line, every muscle aches. It's hard to catch each breath. But the prize is now in sight. And I recognize for this radio program, for a number of you that have listened and have supported this ministry, you don't know what a blessing you have been to me and my wife. When I felt the urge to launch this particular radio show last year, 
I didn't know if I could do it. But here we are a year later, and it's still on the air. I still do all the editing. I still do all the delivery to the stations. Even when I have a guest host, I still finish assembling the program. And hopefully this week we will have an additional guest host at least one of the days to allow us to get settled in. It's a long drive coming back for us and an overnight trip as well when we do it. It's, it's never easy. But the time to come to Florida and do the things that need to be done there is now. And a project is right there waiting for me when I arrive to expand the shortwave reach of this program. And I don't know how many hours or days or even weeks it may take to complete the project. It is going to take a lot of time. And doing the program will take even an additional effort. But I see the prize. I see that this race is not being run in vain. And there's a reason that I'll be doing this program, and I pray that God allows me to continue, as you have made it possible to continue. There are several things that are coming to mind that I need to start addressing, whether on this program or even other venues, other ways. Let me just give you a few thoughts. I believe we learned something last March, last April, last May. We learned how quickly the church can find itself unprepared in a time of crisis. Churches all over the world closed down because governments said they had to in the presence of this new virus, you know, the one that escaped out of a lab or came out of a lab, the one that was made by people that should not have been making it uh, to give us vaccines we probably should never have had done. I pray the truth comes out. But I feel this need to prepare Christians and the church and many of the leaders of some of these churches in how do you continue moving forward knowing we could find ourselves back in the same boat literally with only a day or two's notice. Look at the changing narrative since the beginning of this year. Oh, we would never force anybody to take a vaccine. Look at how many people are losing their jobs. And will people on Social Security that don't take the vaccine, will they lose that Social Security? There are people that actually talk about things like that inside the administration. You look at countries like Israel. They're on their fourth dose now. Maybe a fifth, maybe a tenth, maybe a 29th will will do the trick. If it doesn't cause other health issues before we get that far. I look at also some of the bad theology that is out there regarding end times, the gospel of Jesus Christ. I shared an email with a friend right before I started recording this program today. And, and I know that he's getting ready to launch his own kind of news ministry. 
and I really believe he's going to do well. My prayers are with him. I'll tell you more about it soon. Hope to have him as a guest many times on this program. I think his insight will be valuable. But I warned him, you've got to be very careful when it comes to your credibility. I don't just, there's a lot of stuff that comes across my desk every day uh, via email, in the mail, people sending me a personal text or message that I choose not to discuss on this radio program. And it's it comes with a reason. If I can't be 100% sure deep down inside of me that what I'm about to share with you is true, my biggest fear in doing this program is saying or doing something and letting misinformation get out there, the kind of stuff that can derail your credibility. And I've seen it happen time and time again. I've watched ministries that I know of that have made statements that are 100% not true, then they try to forget that they said it and move on. Never taking responsibility. Kind of reminds me of what's going on uh, in our military. The complete messing up of, <laughs> of leaving Afghanistan. I watched two professional liars. And I'm sorry to say it, but that's the that I, I felt these were professional, pass-the-buck individuals. General Thoroughly Modern Milley and Secretary of Defense Austin. And I listened to them. You know, we didn't do anything wrong. We knew it was going to be messy. And, and you know, and then if somebody like a, a Marine challenges, you know, why did you give up the base? Our safe place, our secure place. Why did you just why did you just why did you abandon it and give it to the enemy? Plus the sixty-eight billion with a B dollars worth of gear. Why did we do that? And nobody at the top wants to take any responsibility. Well, I told him, well, I didn't hear that. I'm, I'm I'm watching people that are lying to the American public, lying about each other, trying to cover up their incompetence. And you know why there's such incompetence going on? This is kind of where my ministry really takes me in these days ahead. We are seeing, we are seeing what the Bible has predicted for generations. And we are seeing it on a grand and obvious scale to those that are Christians who have the eyes to see and to discern what is happening. Look at this government of ours over the past, I don't know, maybe 30 years, maybe longer. Remember, I have never said and never will say that America was super great religious and Christian. It had Christian overtones, but a lot of people were never true believers. They were cultural Christians, and we still have many of those out there today that are not true Christians. They're cultural Christians. We see now because of how God has been thrown out of the marketplace of ideas on a consistent basis. In many states, it's, op- it's open warfare against the cause of Christ. The mocking, the ridiculing, the stuff you see coming up on TV 
God is being mocked, and he will not be mocked. There is a price to be paid. With all the climate stuff we were told would happen that never has happened, somebody shared with me a list, and the list is accurate because I'm old enough to remember everything that was said and predicted, and I'm looking at this list of about 70 or 80 items of all the scientific predictions of doom and gloom when it came to the environment of this earth and how mankind is going to destroy it, ruin it, make it a dead planet. And there's one thing in common with every one of the predictions that I read. One thing is absolutely indisputable. All of them had a date All of them have failed to materialize. We talked about it, how we've been naming hurricanes since the 1950s. I mentioned that the other day. We've been naming hurricanes since the 1950s, but we never named every one. Had to be threatening land. We didn't have the ability in the 1950s to track every potential tropical depression and storm in the Atlantic Ocean in real time to give it a name. So how many tropical storms formed off the coast of Africa and then went north and never hit land? We saw it last week with Sam and Victor formed, heading north. Others formed, fell apart. And so we're to believe that because of man, we have more storms. No, we just have more ways to see them than we ever have had before. The same lie was told in 2005. Chris, you know, Hurricane Christina hits uh, New Orleans, and we're told that we're going to have monster hurricanes worse and worse every year from henceforth. And then we had a 10-year of nothing. Yet people, the same people that shared the same lie to begin with to you are given a platform on CNN, MSNBC, ABC, CBS, PBS, the White House, the halls of Congress. The same ones are given a platform, and we are to forget everything that they told us that was wrong and believe this time they've got it right. We have people that are worshiping the creation and cursing the creator. Let me rephrase that and say it again. We have people that are worshiping the creation and cursing the creator. And so what does that give us? People of a reprobate mind. People that the truth is not in them. Double-tongued, double-minded unstable, given to evil, kind of describes where the United States is right now in our leadership. And I I will tell you that this is my opinion, and I've shared it before, and I still stand by it. I do not believe that the elections in certain states were honorable. When Mark Zuckerberg can plow uh, what, 300 or 450, 450 million dollars into politics. That's a half a billion dollars that he plowed in all by himself. 
into politics and only into a handful of states to ensure Democrats could get votes. When you have one of these boxes to collect ballots, because of the coronavirus, everybody had to stay away and they could sneak out at night when the virus is gone, you know, during the non-curfew hours and drop their virus-infected ballot into this secure box in the middle of, you know, of a street. And you look at security cameras and basically one had like around 30 people 30 people put things into one of those ballot boxes. And those 30 people represent 19,000 ballots. How did they come up with 19,000 ballots? There's something about this harvesting that bothers me. That's just one of those boxes in Georgia, just one. And there are plenty of others like it around the state of Georgia and other locations around the country. To say, and see, here's the issue. The media will say, well, look, that we keep recounting the votes and it comes out the same or close, or even Biden got a few more. It doesn't matter. When you have 47,000 or 50,000 or 100,000 Ballots that you have no idea where they came from, how they got there, never were requested. When you have people saying, I went to vote and they told me I already had by mail and I didn't. This is the kind of chaos that was desired to make the whole thing a disaster where they could win and then use the power of the media to lie to you and ridicule you for challenging the most secure election. Hey, these are the same clowns that said in 2016 the election was stolen. The Russians hacked it and did it. Today, now it's impossible with the same exact machinery and people involved to hack an election. Honestly, I don't know if the election was hacked. I don't see enough evidence to convince me that it was hacked electronically, and I know some people have made that claim. I'm not saying they're right or wrong. I just don't know. I don't have enough in front of me to give me the confidence to say that was the cause. But I do have more than sufficient evidence, more than sufficient evidence, that many of the ballots that were counted should never have been counted because there is no chain of custody, We don't know who these people are. Many of these ballots were sent to places where there's nothing but farmland or a field. They were picked up. And all these people that registered to vote in the state of Georgia, for example, I followed it closer because I've been here quite a bit. And I follow these stories, and I know that they're coming out of other places as well. There is no way that Joe Biden won the state of Georgia. There's no way that... Raphael Warnock won the state of Georgia in in the Senate. I mean, this just didn't happen. The two Senate seats did not happen. But see, in Georgia, a deal was struck to avoid a lawsuit back in April of last year with Stacey Abrams, who still has not conceded that she lost in 2018 the governorship of Georgia. And she cut a deal 
with the Secretary of State that under Georgia law is illegal. He had zero authority to enter into that agreement, but he did it anyway. And nobody in in the administration is challenging the illegality of it because the governor's a never-Trumper. He hated Trump. He didn't care. And I think they really believe that somehow we might get the House and we would keep the Senate, and it didn't matter what bozo was in the White House. So they get Biden. Who cares? Then we just come to a stalemate and business as usual in the swamp. Nobody gets anything done except make personal gain. That's what it was going to come down to. You know and I know it. But the plan went awry. See, they didn't care if Biden won the state of Georgia, but they didn't want the Democrats to take the two Senate seats. But when all the screams and the spotlights were on what just happened here in Georgia, there was no way to do what they planned on doing to kind of repair the voting process before the January elections. And they didn't expect the same kind of Remember, there were also more millions of dollars of Zuckerberg money floating around in Georgia for those Senate races. And now we have two Democrat senators when we used to have two Republicans, and it's not by some massive margin. It's well within the margin of fraud, fake ballots, Dead people, people we don't know about, people that came from other states to live in a hotel for a day or two, got a ballot and then went back home, changed counties, all kind of stuff that went on. And see, they couldn't fix it. Didn't have time. There was too much of a spotlight. Of course, now that Kemp and Rassenberger and et al. are having to run in 2022, they made a big deal of fixing and plugging the problems that they allowed last year. And they want to do it without any consequence from the voters, of course. You know, we don't want to, you know, hey, vote for us, we fixed the voting. You fixed it a little bit too late in Georgia. And I have a strong suspicion that Raffsenberger will never get past the primary with Jody Heiss, congressman, from not far from where our Georgia home is wonderful, honorable man. And I'm assuming there'll be challenges to the governor. There'll be challenges to, thankfully, uh, these were not six-year terms in the Senate. These were to fill unexpired in one case. And so one seat may be coming back at that election. There could be some big changes, but but I'm afraid in some cases it may be too late for this nation. Now, let me get back to some of what I'm talking about. You know, what does the future hold for this radio program? I wanted to be still giving you news and information, but we need to get more into God's Word when we look at these topics. Because I'm telling you right now, I do not believe we will ever solve the nation's problems at the ballot box. While we should use the ballot box... It's not going to be our solution. The ballot box is just a reflection, but it's not a solution. The Bible says, do not put 
you know, your faith, your trust in princes or the sons of men, politicians, leaders. They can't save you. The church, in my opinion right now, is very ineffectual when it comes to our world today. And it's happened over these past decades. I'll remind you of a statistic, and I'll keep reminding it till, it, till everybody just really understands this thoroughly. In the United States, which was one of the last vestiges in the larger industrialized Western world, in the United States... of the population of the United States has nothing to do with any kind of religion, organized or otherwise. Period. 53% of the nation is now technically secular. 47% claim some kind of an allegiance to some kind of religion but not all of them Christian. And of those that claim to be Christian, many belong to church denominations that are unscriptural, ungodly, and unchristian anymore. They've walked away from the faith. They're apostate imposters and phonies. They are teaching heresy and bad doctrines. And the Bible says those are the churches that are preaching another gospel, which is not the gospel, which is an anathema to the gospel and should be completely shunned, ignored, and is called cursed. So let's take the roughly half of those that claim to be in organized religion, probably more that are either in non-Christian church groups or apostate church groups, add that to the non-believers to begin with, and suddenly 53% starts approaching 75 to 80% of the population of this nation today. That's why we can't fix it at the ballot box. It's never going to get fixed at the ballot box until the church begins to proclaim the message anew and stops hiding our light under a bushel basket. We are seeing in this government today when a press secretary last week can get in front of the American people and say that this $3.5 trillion with a T Um, infrastructure package, which mostly is not infrastructure, will cost nothing, you know you're dealing with fools. You are dealing with reprobate minds. You are dealing with people, as the Bible says, are now living under mass delusion. And we are seeing informally a country founded on Christian principle, whether it always lived up to it is another story, but founded on those principles, have now walked away and spit on those very same principles. And all that is left is a remnant church, and too much of that church is unprepared for the days and the seasons ahead. So obviously the direction of this radio program is going to have to change accordingly.
I need to find more people to help me with this program, to give alternate voices and things that I can't always research to bring to you. And we'll stay on shortwave. One of the big mistakes that a lot of ministries do today, and I'm going to try not to be too critical, but I'm just going to say it. There are a lot of short-sighted ministries that hopped off radio and got on the internet. Why? It's cheaper, of course. It's easier. I mean, if this was just a podcast program, it would be very inexpensive to do by comparison to being on radio. I also wouldn't have to worry about fixed times where the program has to be X number of minutes long. It can't be short and it can't go over. It makes it a lot harder to do. It'd be great if I was doing like a little video podcast, which is what I kind of thought about doing about a year ago before I decided to go with this. It would be a lot easier. Yeah, I could sit down and talk for six minutes and post it as a video and move on. Maybe the next day I'll do 20 minutes. And if I couldn't do it on a day, I can skip a day. When you do a radio program, and I know somebody that once said when they got off of doing radio, they felt free of the burden of having to fill the time every day. They could go over or under or not even do it at all. But doing this program requires a discipline on my part because I've got to do it. If I'm going to be gone for a day or two, I got to record programs in advance. I have to, the, the amount of research stays the same. The effort is the same. And I think that it needs to be. Would you pray for this program and all the opportunity that's coming ahead? I'll share more on the other side of the break. If you believe in our ministry here at Truth to Ponder, if you believe in the ministry, would you consider supporting us financially to pay for the airtime? Now, we have a new mailing address because we are traveling to Florida, and with all the travel, I wanted some safe place for everything to go. And after doing some research, I found a place, I found a company that I can trust, bonded. Uh, They come just five-star rated and have been for decades. People that do a lot of travel, especially like, and I'm not in the RV community. I don't think I ever will be. But a lot of people that, and I know people that actually, their jobs, they stay on the road year-round. They live out of an RV. But you still have to have a home base, even if you don't have a home. And these companies are used uh, by people that are professionals who are RVers. I knew a guy one time that had a job. He worked fixing radio stations all over the country and installing equipment. He was in his, like, 30s, and he and his wife, they didn't have any kids at the time, spent five years traveling and saw virtually the entire United States, and he'd stop and work at a radio station for about a week and instruct the people. Then they would have time off and then go on to the next one. But they would have to use a service like this, where the mail will catch up to you and you can find out. It's just a safe way to do it. And so the address is a little bit longer than you're used to hearing, and it's going to take a while to learn it. It is on the website under mailing address. Truth to ponder or my name Bob Beerman it doesn't matter and the mailing address is 5753 highway 85 north 
That's 5753 Highway 85 North. And our box is 3248. That's 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. And this is in the city of Crestview, which is actually in the Panhandle. I know where it is. Used to pastor a church way back, not far from there. Had some members that lived in that wonderful little community called Crestview. And the zip code is 32536. One more time, and I'll give it again at the end of the program. Truth to Ponder, 5753, Highway 85 North, number 3248, in Crestview, Florida. 32536. Crestview, Florida, 32536. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Snake Free Paths. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Now, I was looking through a manual on how to avoid getting bitten by snakes in the wild. Well, well, here are the rules. It says walk on clear paths as much as possible. Avoid tall grass. Um, avoid those things. Walk on a clear path. Well, You see, the snake can hide when it's not clear. If you walk on a murky path, you'll get bitten. And the same way, spiritually, the enemy is like a serpent, or he is. If you walk on a path that's not clear, the enemy will bite you. If you compromise the word, you'll get bitten. If you dilute the word, if you bend the rules, if you're not clear on the word, you'll get bitten. You want to avoid getting bitten by the enemy of your soul and falling and succumbing to the poison of his venom, well then walk on a clear path. Don't dilute the word. Walk clear. Stay clear with the word. Stay clear of sin. Keep it clear. Simple. The Bible says you do it, you do it. The Bible says go left, go left. Get your life straight and clear with God and in his word. No compromise, no diluting, no bending. Walk a clear, simple path. Don't make it complicated because that is when it becomes murky and that's when the enemy gets in. Keep it very clear and simple. Don't waver. Just go straight, one direction, straight ahead. Don't go back and forth, straight ahead. Because when you walk a straight path, a clear path, you won't get bitten. Stay clear in God and you'll stay clear of the enemy. Want more? Ask for the snake bite kit. Now imagine being plugged into a special line, let you in on future events, news behind the news, biblical prophecy, updates on Israel, and what you need to know as an end-time believer, and teachings and strength for every day of your week. And the incredible mystery of the temple doors, all free. How do you get this all free? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. That's it. Just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed, but call now. That's 1-800-YESHUA-1. I invite you to join me to reach the unreached peoples of the world in the most incredible way from Moscow to Madagascar to Jerusalem. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1 and you'll have a tremendous part in the end time harvest. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or write me direct. Here's how. It's right to the nice Jewish boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. It's the nice Jewish boy, 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Until next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying, walk clear, stay clear, be clear. Peace be to you, my friend, in Messiah, Ro'eh Hatov, the Good Shepherd.
This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And I want to welcome you back to part two of our Tuesday edition of Truth to Ponder. I'm your host, Bob Bierman. I can't believe we're in October. Where did this year go? I was thinking during the break, just a couple of thoughts came to mind. Uh, We've been doing this show since the end of August last year. We have now have completed 13 months. 13 months. All of September of last year, September now of this year, entering our 14th month of doing a daily radio program. And what really has been humbling for me are the number of people that take the time to let me know you do listen. And I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this. I just want to just acknowledge that I do read the letters you send. Sometimes I just don't have the time to reply. These weeks in preparing to go to Florida, which we're in the process of doing this week, it's sometimes time becomes the enemy. And so if I don't write you back or if I miss an email, by the way, I had some email issues late last week, still having a few And there are some missing, thankfully not from the Truth to Ponder email. I control that. Uh, Mostly my junk email account, which is Google, which is Gmail. I've had it for years. I used to use it for important stuff. Most of that, most of that I've taken away from and moved it elsewhere. Uh, Because Gmail makes their money spying on you and selling you out. That's just how they make their money. And I decided, fine, if you want to. Uh, read my junk mail, you're welcome to read my junk mail and my spam mail. And those that are trying to sell me stuff, you can read that all day long. Just like the telephone that I have that wants to find me for my extended car warranty or or how would you like to get rid of your student loans? They don't seem to understand I'm 67 and I never had student debt. I paid as I went. Like 50 years ago. But they're ready to give me a student loan forgiveness. And these calls never end. <laughs> and, and I'm sure you have, if you live in the United States or Canada, you're having some of the same issues. Just one of those annoyances of life that sometimes we have. I'm thinking about what God is asking me to do and calling me to do and probably calling a lot of you to do. As I closed out the last segment, what was really, and I want to make sure that this is coming clear to you, the church is ill-prepared. Many of us are ill-prepared. Now, in the area of our Christian faith, we oftentimes may disagree on what are considered, and and by me in particular, what I call some of the non-essentials of the faith. There are some things that are very essential to the faith, and they're very clearly defined. There's no, there's no wiggle room. I know that many of my good friends to this radio program believe in what is called the pre-tribulation rapture, some mid-tribulation. I know that many of you believe that. And I'm not going to condemn you or tell you you're crazy, but I'm going to tell you what I think personally from my study in the Word of God is I don't necessarily believe we're going to have a get-out-of-tribulation-free card. And then again, you're having to assume the tough times we've been, we're getting ready to go into and have been in 
um, could just be a time of very intense tribulation. I'm reminded of the early church and the persecution they went through, meeting in people's homes, having to kind of guard the door because Christianity was outlawed. I remember a lot of people during the pandemic would say, well, we're supposed to obey the government, not when it comes to the things of God. Then you don't, the government has no say so. We have to recognize that we are in this world, but not, you know, we're not of this world, we're in it. We're here. My grandfather passed away many years ago, used to play the piano in their house and sing this one old song called, I'm but a stranger here, heaven is my home. And as he got older in life, he sang it more and more. That was his hope and his confidence. He didn't have any fear. And I recognize that one of the things the church is going to have to figure out, many churches at the end of 2019 never would have believed the things that were going to happen in just a few months. And everybody started grabbing their cell phones and and using Facebook Live or whatever they could come up with to try to keep connected together. They had no plan. They weren't ready. And some people were entrepreneurish enough to think, hey, maybe I can build the first church of the COVID, and then we all meet online only. I saw a lot of new online churches spring up. I have no particular problem, but I'm not a great fan. If your ministry as an online church are to reach those that have never been to your church or those that may be sick at home or unable to go, that's one thing. But there are some organizations that are trying to build these digital, virtual, online churches, and I consider those things ridiculous. It's the church of the cop-out. I had someone, someone shared a letter with me early on in this program. I'm trying to remember when. Maybe like, oh, I don't know, November of last year, maybe even earlier this year. And this person had gone to a church. I'm not going to say where it was. And she'd been going there for a while, and she felt it was all right, though occasionally she had some misgivings. Church was rather contemporary and had all the big screens and everything else going on. I'm not, it's not my thing personally, but I'm not totally against everything like that. I mean, I'm just saying, but she noticed something about her church when the pandemic hit and she started watching the their their live stream where they were allowed to have a few people in the church she said i suddenly realized how choreographed and how staged the service was it was a theater presentation it was a television show and it was running on the internet and it really wasn't live they had actually produced it then put it out like on a facebook live I'm amazed at some of the email I get because I I do a lot of church work. I have been a church pastor, and I'm an overseer within my church group now. And I still get a lot of email, you know, like one saying, hey, we're all ready to get back to normal with the vaccine, and we're all going to be back to normal real soon. Are you ready to get back to normal? And I look at this stuff and I'm going, okay, so what's the catch? How much is this going to cost me and my church to get whatever this product is you're selling? And it's not cheap stuff. 
there's this naivety that we're going to go back to normal sometime soon. Some believe because when everybody gets the jab in the arm, it'll all be great. It'll all be over. And we all go back to life as it was in November or October of 2019. We're going to go back. It's all going to end. And I'm thinking to myself, don't be deceived. It's not going back to normal. Why would it? You think that politicians and people that crave power, like an obsession, those that want to reset the world in their own their own vision, their own order, their own ideals. If you think they're going to give up on any of the power they've they've achieved, you're crazy. The great reset is upon us. Look at the government tyranny going on in places like Australia, Canada, England, even in parts of the United States. Everybody must be vaccinated. Why? even those that have recovered from COVID. Why? Nobody wants to answer questions. I shared something on my personal Facebook account, and it was kind of this thing. You know, if you if you really want to understand where we're at, why, why do we want to stay indoors outside of the sunshine and stay in dirty indoor air, wearing a face mask, watching television, and living in fear? Does that sound like what Christians are supposed to do? Not to me, it doesn't. Yeah, stay indoors, wear a face mask, watch the TV, and live in fear. That's pretty much what we've been told to do. And every week, the narrative changes, depending upon, you know, you stick your finger in the air, which way the wind is blowing. And you realize that the people that created this virus, yes, it was created, and if you haven't figured it out by now, the ones that are pushing hardest to, quote, eradicate it with a vaccine are the ones that are trying to cover their tracks for creating this monster to begin with. And then the politicians that are enjoying the power. The unelected governor of New York, she's the lieutenant governor. Supposedly another one of those good Catholics like like Nancy Pelosi, who I guess when they die, they expect to be, you know, doused with holy water and whatever and pushed into heaven. And they can be pro-abortion. They can make fun of God. They can mock him, break his holy word, defy his commandments, but I'm still good. What nonsense. Cheap grace, no repentance, no obedience, just cheap grace. And that's where much of the church is today. Cheap grace, no commitment to God. And a lot of people being called to do things for the work of our Lord. I don't know what God is calling you to do. But I'm just going to go by pure statistics here. This is no breakthrough vision of any kind. I'm just saying by pure statistics with the number of people that are hearing me today. There's no, I'm not going to give you this nonsense that the Lord said that there's somebody out there that, I've heard that before, and every time I hear some preacher get on the air, there's somebody that has that $10,000 I need, I just want to get sick. That's not how God works. That's not how you see it in the scripture. It's one thing to make the need known, then leave it. That's all I try to do on this program. 
Just tell you what the need is. We pay for airtime. You don't pay me. And then I gave an address. And some pay by, you know, online. Some pay by check. Why? That's fine. But I'm not going to sit there and manipulate my audience with the Lord told me that someone out there has got the million dollars I need to build a news network or some other nonsense. And I've heard it all before. Or we're going to have a revival in a tent until Jesus comes. Send money. Heard it all before. We're going to build this. Heard it all before. It never gets built. But right now, just based on the sheer number of people that probably can hear what I'm saying, either on the radio or via a podcast, or because someone shared the link with you and you're now hearing this, are wrestling with some kind of call on their life to serve God. I firmly believe that. I mean, the numbers, just the numbers are there. How many of you feel that God is calling you to do something, but you don't even know where to start? How many of you are hearing the voice of your Lord talking to you at your heart level, and you don't know what to do? All I can do is I'm going to share this little two-minute hymn. Then we're going to discuss what you need to be doing next. Hark the voice of Jesus calling who will go and work today. Fields are ripe and harvest waiting, who will bear the sheaves away? Loud and long the master calls you, rich reward he offers free. Who will answer gladly, saying, here am I, send me, send me. If you cannot speak like angels, if you cannot preach like Paul, you can tell the love of Jesus, you can say he died for all. If you cannot rouse the wicked to the judgment's dread alarms, You can lead the little children to their Savior's waiting arms. If you cannot be a watchman standing high on Zion's wall, pointing out the path to heaven, offering life and peace for all, with your prayers and with your bounties, you can do what God demands. You can be like faithful Aaron, holding up the prophet's hands. Let none hear you widely saying, There is nothing I can do. While the multitudes are dying and the Master calls for you, take the task he gives you gladly, let his work your pleasure be. Answer quickly when he calls you, here am I, send me, send me. It's amazing, I had some plans of some other things that I wanted to share with you today in the program, but something just, I just felt, 
maybe I should talk about what is God calling you to do? I'll pick up on some of the other thoughts that I have maybe later this week, maybe tomorrow, maybe Thursday, not sure which day. Do have some things to share about how God makes promises to his people, some of the bad theology out there that actually would indicate that God breaks a promise, which I don't. Can you really believe that God would break a promise to you? We'll talk about that later this week. But right now, I want to focus because I just feel that maybe the time is now. Maybe this will help somebody. I don't know if it will or not. But I want to help you as we come into this time. Now, I've said this over and over again. I don't know if if God is going to give us a bit of respite during these very difficult times, if you are believing the world is going to go back to November or October of 2019, if everybody just cooperates and takes the shot, everything goes back to normal, you, my friend, are deceived. And I think the audience to this program agrees. There's something unseemly about all that has occurred in this past 19 or so months. And I don't believe normalcy as we once knew it is ever coming back. The pandemic was used to empower politicians worldwide, worldwide, not just in one place, not just in a Chicago with Lori Lightfoot or anybody else, or in New York now with their new governor, firing people. You have to have the shot, even if you've already had covid or we're going to fire you and you cannot. In other words, we are demanding you obey and take an experimental vaccine whose long-term ramifications we do not know. And if you don't do as we tell you, this is what dictators do. This is what dictators do. This is what tyrants do. You do as we tell you, or we take away your money and starve you. We're going to ruin you. We're going to hurt you. We demand that you give us your full obedience and allegiance. And if we're wrong and something happens, you can't sue us. That's pretty much where we're at right now. What's God calling you to do in this time? Are you ready if things don't change or if they get worse. That's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. The only thing I pray that'll happen, this is my honest prayer. I firmly pray that God pulls back the veil and the light of truth hits everything we've been going through for the past couple of years. Everything from voter fraud in the United States to the pandemic worldwide, who the players are. And even then, the people will rebel and we may get in my opinion. That's all it is, my opinion. A very strong opinion based upon God's word. That even if we get this respite, my prayer is that then we use this time that God has given us that we use the time God gives us to be prepared for what is to come. 
For even if we get a respite, and my, I just believe this firmly with every ounce of my being, if we get a time of respite, it's brief. And then more tribulation will come and come and keep on coming. When countries that once filled the churches with true believers where the true believers are now a tiny minority. I firmly believe that. A small minority. God's hand of judgment is coming and we and the entire world have a destiny to meet. I will never tell you this is the great tribulation or this, that, or the other, or this is the mark of the beast or that. It'll be so obvious to everybody when we get to that point. But just like World War II was four, five, and six years of hard tribulation across much of Europe, a time of testing is coming upon the United States and much of the Western free world. It is spiritual warfare. And my question to you is simple. What part do you have in all of this? And an honest answer, because I've been there myself. Lord, I don't know what to do. I know you want me to do something, but I don't know what it is. Let me say that again. Lord, I know there are things you want me to do, but I don't know what it is. We will pray with you. I'm praying for the many every day. I'm praying for those that the Lord has laid on my heart to, you know, maybe help me with what I'm doing, to help launch their ministries in these new and very treacherous times to come. I can only do so much, my part. I pray that you will now do your part as well. As we travel this week to Florida, would you keep us in your prayers as well? And the work that I have right before me when I get there. Our mailing address, if you want to support the program, it's a new mailing address, and this will help keep mail coming to us on a regular basis. It's a new address, and I apologize, it's a little long. Truth to Ponder, 5753 Highway 85 North. That's 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. I know that's a lot of numbers, number 3248. Crestview is the city, Florida. 32536. Crestview, one word, Crestview, Florida, 32536. Truth to Ponder, 5753, Highway 85 North, number 3248, Crestview, Florida, 32536. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's Truth the number two ponder.com truth to ponder shining the light of truth in a darkening world